G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you here listening today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith every single day of the week. And today, I sit down with Chris Podlick and we talk through the first part of a brand new series called You've Got Style. And we really want to encourage you to discover your style. And hopefully, this conversation will help you to unpack what your style is because your style is an invitation to connect with God. So we'd love to point you towards our YouTube channel if you haven't already checked out the message, but also our website, some really helpful resources so that you can discover your style. We've run a bit longer for this episode, but we really hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Chris, welcome to a brand new series of the Beyond the Message podcast. And I want to start by saying something. Go ahead. You've got style. Ooh, thank you so much, Lucky. You've got style as well. I, well, that's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. I'm a very bland and plain kind of guy. Um, but thank you. Thank it you surprises me no one's ever complimented you on your beard and just said how like stylish it is. Uh, not stylish, homeless. So, okay, I know we're kind of audio at the moment, but I actually trimmed my beard yesterday and like someone mentioned something about my beard tonight. I was like, oh, I trimmed it yesterday. And they were like, oh, that's what trimmed looks like to you. As in Ooh. not necessarily referring to like the bigness of it, just the messiness of it. Like, they thought it was still, still uncrangly. Yeah. Right. They were like, that was, and I was like, uh, no, I was just That person doesn't have style. That person doesn't have style. I could infer that. <laughs> Thank you for saying I have style. Chris, you certainly do have style. Um, both. Most of it the... is stolen from my wife. Okay. All right. Emma's got style for two of us. Emma is my stylist. That's, wow. Yeah. I, I don't know how many people are going to be able to relate to that, having a personal stylist. Um, well, but when I say I personal it... stylist, it's not really a choice. Uh, like, for example, after the weekend, I came home in between the 10 and the 6 service and i was promptly told stop wearing those pants they're outdated and they don't <laughs> look good anymore you're banned from wearing them on the series you... called you've got style too yeah good i was just absolutely roasted wow there you go you've got style well that's fantastic i'm sure we could talk about all sorts of different uh styles that you know people have whether it's through clothing or you know talk about anything to do with style but we're actually really excited about this series because we're talking about our style in relation to connecting with God. Mm. Um, and Chris, I've seen kind of what we've been posting on Instagram throughout the week. And it seems that um, people struggle to connect with God, um, no yeah. matter what part of their stage, uh, you know, faith journey, no matter what stage, no matter um, where, you know, if they grew up in church or if they didn't, if they're new to faith or they've been here for a long time, it seems that everyone at some point has or is struggling to connect with God. Yeah, well, I think even on that little, we did an Instagram poll um, the week before the series launched, and it was pretty, like, I mean, you take what you can from an Instagram poll, but the it question is actually, just like, uh, do, it's a, do you find it a resource? Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to publish it in a peer-reviewed journal, <laughs> but like it did say, you know, the question was, do you find it um, easy or challenging to connect with God? And 100% of people said challenging. Not a single person wow. felt like it's it, it was easy to connect with God. So yeah. And um, I find it fascinating because we'll talk about the nine types or the nine styles of people hmm. that people have. And it's not as if it's like, well, eight of them are really difficult to connect with, to connect with God. And this is the one that's easy to connect with God. No, They're all, so you get your style. And then from there, you then still have to go through the work of connecting with God and, and learning what that looks like for you. I think as well off the bat, Chris, to anyone who is struggling, um, 
do we always have to struggle? Because I think, you know, I want to answer that question and kind of hopefully unpack that we actually don't always have to struggle to connect with God. Yeah, I think the answer is no, we don't all, like we don't always have to struggle. Um, I think like, I think for a lot of us though, we have an idea or the one of the reasons we struggle is because we have this picture of like what connecting with God looks like in our minds. And for a lot of us, that's just not our predominant style. And so we kind of set ourselves up for failure because we think, oh, it's got to look a certain way and be a certain way and feel a certain way. And when it doesn't turn out that we go, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me. And so then that kind of, it almost feels like, oh, I guess I got to push through. And sometimes, of course, in life, you do have to push through. But then other times it just kind of feels like you're hitting a brick wall. Um, And so, I don't know. I think one way to describe it really easily is that um, exercise is important, right? We would all say exercise is important, but typically people have in their their mind a a picture of what exercise looks like. now, you might not enjoy that. And the, the key is to find something you like. There's all sorts of different ways to exercise. You can go to the gym and pump weights. You can go to a CrossFit gym or you know, you can do HIIT training or you can play social sport or you can train for endurance stuff or you can take the dogs for a walk or you can do jazzercise. Like, there's so many ways. <laughs> um, and I think um, thinking that way a little bit uh, when it comes to connecting with God mm. is just kind of a good foundation to sort of set the scene. For, for where we're going. Maybe it's just that you haven't kind of found your lane yet and you're trying to fit yeah. in another lane. I can make a comment on that, actually. I mm-hmm. think it's quite um, quite good timing. And that is that, you know, I tried to base my exercise off what I saw other people doing. And, yeah. you know, whether that's Instagram stories and going like, gee, that person's gone for a big run. I'll just give that a go, see if I like that. Um, and just following what, you know, the podcast and just, just taking it at face value and going like, oh, that's how you exercise. And to be honest, my current exercise routine, which is as best as it's ever been, or you know, at least since I stopped kind of team sport, I literally go on the, tr- the cross trainer at the gym and watch Netflix. And for me, I realize like that works because uh, when I put such heavy goals of like, I'm going to do half an hour of this and 10 minutes of this, and I'm going to do this amount of reps and sets, it just puts my mind into overdrive. And I can't put that in, I can't keep doing that long-term. Whereas mm-hmm. like actually going to the gym and just getting my heart rate up for a set period of time i can like i can do that and i think that's been really helpful for me because in the end i feel great about myself i feel like i'm getting the right amount of exercise in and it's mm-hmm. something that's working for me and it took a little while to get there but i hope yeah. that is kind of there's a parallel there of well we see these hyper spiritual people on instagram um or in our churches and we go yeah well i'll just do exactly what they do and the reality is that's just not how it works both exercise and spiritually and I, yeah. I hope that by listening to this podcast, you can begin to either start the experiment or have, have a bit of encouragement to continue that experiment of your life of what actually works. How do you connect? How do you relate to God? Yeah. And I think as well, like for me, one of the reasons that we struggle so much um, is also because there's this kind of, there's this almost like this unwritten law that we should kind of know what we're doing. Um you know, like if you've been following it, you know, following Jesus for a while, it's kind of people just kind of assume like, oh, I, I guess I should know. I guess there's some magic switch or there's some magic button. And maybe I missed the lesson that everyone got, or maybe the switch, the switch didn't flick for me. Um, and so then no one actually talks about it. And the reality is you can be sitting in a group with people who are all struggling and feeling the same thing, um, but no one wants to admit it because everyone thinks, oh, I should be, you know, I should be doing better than this. Um, and then the other way, because I, I, I was just trying to think like, you know, what are the primary 
things I've heard or observed for why people struggle to connect with God. And probably the other, the third one, apart from like, we, you know, we have this different picture or um, we feel like we should know better. I think there's another, a third one, which is that we kind of, we treat our relationship with God transactionally instead of relationally. Um, like, you know, we kind of treat our relationship with God from a consumer mindset. Um, I mean, I, I just think sometimes even the way that I approach my relationship with God, if I'd, if I'd, would have approached my friendships or even my marriage to M that way. Um, I don't think I'd have a very good marriage. Like if, and I think a lot of Christians kind of go like, okay, well, I'm going to spend this time with God and God's going to tell me what I want. He's going to give me a bunch of stuff. And then I'm going to have way more patience. I'm going to have all these things. And it's just very transactional. So it's kind of like, well, when God doesn't give me what I want, then not it's an opportunity for me to maybe discover what God's trying to teach me, but oh, well, I must've been doing something wrong because I didn't get what I wanted and I didn't hit, hit the magic code. Um, and in fact, like we will look at this um, passage from John 4 on the weekend and in John 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and God, uh, God will draw, draw near to you. And that like word, the Greek word for draw near is like a getio. And that actually means to approach, which is a relational kind of term. Like you, you approach someone, you get close to someone, you spend time with someone. Um, it's not the idea of like, Hey, do these things and then God will grant your wish. <laughs> it's yeah. very relational language. That's so good. I know we didn't do the normal transition into the questions, but I feel like we already made some great ground there. Um, because my first question was all around, why do we struggle so much and potentially, mm. well, I think we've uncovered there's a lot of different reasons, but, um, we can all agree that we've you know, struggle to connect with God. I think that's a, a fairly even playing ground to just acknowledge and, and kind of build from there. Um, no one's got it down perfect. And I think even if you did have it nailed, you're like, yeah, I connect with God all the time. There's got to be seasons within that where you're feeling you can't connect or you're feeling unmotivated to connect. Like I think it's not, it's not as simple as we would like it to be. Yeah, totally agree. And sorry, I am. Um... I got too excited, so I jumped. I jumped the transitional cue. <laughs> no, you're yeah. good. Well, I reckon a great place to kind of start, and because um, I watched, I tuned in to Beyond at Home this week and got a really kind of broad overview of the nine types. Yeah. I then looked at my own. Um, I did my my quiz and got my own type, so that was really cool and great exercise. But I was wondering if we could do a further breakdown of those nine styles of connecting with yeah. God, and hope that um, if you haven't already, like check out either Beyond at Home or go straight to the website and do the test yourself. So, you know, if you're by a computer or you buy a phone, you've got an opportunity, maybe pause this right now and do that because this might actually really help you. And if not, I'm sure this will give you uh, a bit of an encouragement to go and do that after hearing this breakdown. Yeah, so um, like, like we kind of talked about, I always try and um, be upfront if I've taken content from someone else. So this series is primarily based around a book called Sacred Pathways by a guy called Gary Thomas. Um, so if you're wanting additional resources and you're like, oh, where did this stuff come from? Um, go read the book Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. Um, you might find that really, really helpful. Um, but effectively, he just does this bunch of observational research, um, which, which just means to say that there might be 10 or 11 types or there might be less types. You know, it's not, um, this is not scientific science in the sense that we would think of science but he kind of comes up with there's nine kind of general types or styles he would say that people fit into um the first type is like the naturalist and they connect best with god through being outdoors right you know going for bushwalks um 
you know, being by the beach, being in nature. And I always, I always think that this group of people um, perhaps struggle to feel like that's okay the most simply because it's so far removed from, I don't know, our, our perception of what connecting with God looks like. Um, and so I, I just wanted to make a note uh, and I did reference this a little bit on the weekend, but for the first 1500 years of the Jesus movement, there wasn't this idea where we could actually take a Bible and sit by ourselves and journal because the printing press didn't exist. There was no such thing as a personal copy of the Bible. There was no such thing as like, just go and read your Bible. You had to go to a, a location to hear someone else read it or, you know, they passed around letters and you read it. So um, I think that the naturalist was much more um, prevalent probably in the first 1500 years of the Jesus movement before we actually got um, the printing press. So naturalists connect with God through being outdoors. The sensate kind of in the name connect with God through the senses. So things like, you know, sight, sound, smell, touch, um, all that sort of stuff. So they, they prefer things like really big cathedrals and they prefer, um, funnily enough, you know, if you've ever been to like a high, like Roman Catholic or Anglican church um, and they swing the incense around, a sensate would love that because it's yeah, kind of an that's experience. not me, hey. <laughs> I'm just kind of keep thinking like, what is that funky smell? Like it's <laughs> not my jam. Yeah, but um, I mean, some people connect with God like that is how that is the primary way they connect with God. One hundred percent. Yeah, wow. One hundred percent. And so that's that's the sensate. Um, the traditionalists they connect Beth with God through ritual and symbol. So. Um, and it doesn't don't don't necessarily think church service when you think this like the the, the hour on a Sunday. Um, so tr- for traditionalists, like what could be very ritualistic for them is praying prayers of like Saint Augustine or um, other prominent Jesus followers throughout history. Um, or you know, lots of them would like to pray prayers of like Benedictine monks or something like that that they know has a has a long history behind it. Um, the aesthetics, they connect, um, best with God through solitude and simplicity. So they like time to just be alone, just be quiet. Um, there's actually like an aesthetic is someone who would, if you gave them the opportunity to go to a monastery for like a retreat for a couple of days, and there was just like a sparse room with a bed and a desk and grounds they could walk around, they would love it. Like an aesthetic would love it. I'm like, that's ticking my boxes, Chris. It's ticking your boxes might be a bit of an early reveal as to how I connect with God, but that sounds good. Cheeky reveal. Um, And then you've got the activists. They connect with God through fighting for godly principles. So activists and caregiver, which is the next style, they kind of sometimes get confused, but the activist, the activist fights for um, specific principles. So they might fight for injustice or they might fight for racial reconciliation or they might fight for, um, mental health issues so that often they fight for particular Mm. principles or issues that they feel are close to god's heart i I think as well like align i mean from my questionnaire how i took it like Mm. aligned potentially politically and and more so that way whereas the caregiver which we'll talk about next is probably more so is in like you know purely giving care to someone going through something yeah, so you're exactly right. So the, the activist is much more aligned with principles that God supports. Um, and you're right, and the, the caregiver, which is the next style, is um, serves or feels connected to God when they serve others. And so that serving could look um, 
like really doing anything. It's not necessarily a cause per se. It's more, you know, um, someone needed a home cooked meal or someone had um, just had a, a newborn. And so they thought, hey, I'll um, do the shopping for you or um, things like Be Rich where they can just kind of serve uh, the local community when we do those sorts of things. Caregivers just love to serve. Um, so then we've got um, three styles left. The next style is the enthusiast and they connect best with God through celebration and mystery. Um, they're the I'm, people. I'm, cu- I'm curious about this one, Chris. Like it, I don't, it's not me, but like I was, it was fascinating to me. They are the people who, you know, if you're in a worship experience, they'll be the ones putting their hands up, um, you know, doing the double hands, all the weird um, <laughs> stuff. They're the people that weird um, people like, uh, like, people who are exploring faith out if they walk into a church service okay these people weird them out right because everyone's like what do you got your hand are you asking a question like what are you doing <laughs> um but they also enthusiasts just have this um for them like music like worship music is kind of it's not something they like just like or enjoy they feel like it's something they need mm. um so were, um, the enthusiasts kind of love to celebrate around like worship music and they, they will have a go-to playlist most of the time or a go-to set of songs and maybe one song that they just listen to on repeat. And so like this could be a particular reason why lockdown is such a, ha- a hard time for, um, let's just take Sydney, for example, like they're entering that 11th or 12th um, kind of week of lockdown. Like for some of us, we're like, yeah, that's cool. Like we can do without church. But I guess some people would really struggle to connect with, to not connect to God. Sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> they would struggle connecting with God because they actually do encounter God in public worship. Like that's just part of how they do it. Um, and, and potentially a UE group at home doesn't quite have the same effect. And I think it's just to say, yeah, that's a, that could be quite detrimental to your faith if, you're not, if you don't get that opportunity to, to meet and publicly gather. Yeah, and I think for some enthusiasts, maybe, maybe you've even kind of, uh, touched on the idea like that some of them feel like they're missing something if they're in lockdown and they don't quite know what it is and the thing that they're actually missing is the worship element like or the, the singing songs you know i shouldn't say worship is just singing songs it's not but like they miss the you know the music side of things and uh and so perhaps they yeah um if you're in lockdown and you haven't given it a try just get your favorite spotify worship playlist and bust it out <laughs> um good. the contemplative style uh honestly this is a style that i just kind of joke like doesn't really need that much explanation because i think most people think of this style when they think of connecting with god it's like they like to get up early they like to have their bible and a journal and they just like to sit in the presence of god for them like they these are the people who like they're happy to pray for hours like they they just never run out of things to pray for the more time they have the better you know these are the people who are like oh take 15 minutes to pray. And they're like, only 15. What? <laughs> um, so the typical, I, I don't want to say typical, but I would say for most Jesus followers and for most people, probably um, this is the idea. This is the style that comes to mind when they think about connecting with God. Mm. Um, and then the last style of the, um, of the nine is the intellectual. And this group like connects best with God um, <clears throat> through their mind and through understanding. Um, for this group, like faith is actually kind of something to be understood. And when they, when they understand it, it's actually, they actually experience a connection with God through that. So, 
um, when they read and when they're looking at commentaries and when they're listening to podcasts and all that, for them, it's a, a, an actual way to experience and connect with God um, in a really deep way when it makes sense for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I just can't help but think as you're kind of talking about all those different styles, like to just imagine a church or a group of people who are experiencing God and, and encountering God and um, yeah, like just connecting with God in, in their own way and just the benefit that that would be to those group of people. And I just think that like, I, I really want to encourage people to take this seriously over the next couple of weeks, because um, it's not only going to benefit like your life and your relationship with God, I think it'd be incredibly beneficial. Um, but, you know, as we like serve each other around us, I think we're all going to benefit from that. So I think this is like, like it could be a really self- selfish exercise, but also has the ability to bless so many people. Well, and this is the thing, I think it's really helpful for people because I think, um, you know, one of the one of the things that I hear a lot about when I'm talking to people who perhaps have, you know, walked away from faith or they've changed churches or whatever, is often they, they, they walk away based on a style issue. Um, like, oh, the music wasn't what I liked or the preacher didn't preach the way I liked or X, Y, and Z. Um, and so w- without actually understanding that, well, hang on a minute, just because your style might not be the primary style for an hour on a Sunday doesn't mean that you don't have a primary style. And so I think sometimes we confuse style with mission in the church and they're not the same thing. Like the mission of the local church um, is to make disciples, not to create a worship experience in your style. Mm. Um, and so when we know our style, then we can kind of go, you know what, it's actually not someone else's responsibility in an hour on a Sunday to tailor make everything to me. It's actually, this is actually my invitation to connect with God in a deeper way and kind of set some rhythms around, uh, around that. So that's kind of what I hope people will start to yeah. start to discover. That's awesome. Um, we'll move on and we'll actually give mm-hmm. some background as to our own styles. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. We don't, I don't think we'll, we'll ever give much like kind of personal stories or like insights into our lives, but I'm excited. And I know you kind of gave the challenge for us to guess your style on Beyond yeah. the Home. I'm not sure if you did that in the uh, AM and PM experience. I'm also not too sure whether you're going to like reveal it there or whether we can give like a, a B, BTM insight here as to your style. Um, well, spoiling anything. I might. No, I'm happy to give it here. I, the only place I'd reveal it is on Facebook or YouTube because I'm actually not. Well, I'm back on the podcast in part three, but I'm not communicating um, in person for parts two, three or four. Cool. That's um, awesome. So, so yeah, I don't special. know. Do, do you want to share your styles first, Locke, and then and then ha- we can have a guess of mine? Because I like oh, your styles. Your styles are, are okay. quite unique. Yes. It's, well, okay. One one is hilarious because uh, I'm, an, I'm a naturalist. That's my primary um, kind of, you know, uh, one that I came out with. And I'm about to ride home in about 20 minutes and it's just started raining. So I'm not sure I'm going to be feeling God too much on that ride home. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, it's can not going to be the greatest of time. Because you actually listed in our, in our show notes, I didn't put my styles in. You actually listed three like sort of primary styles. Were they all kind of grouped really close together or did you have pretty big similar. differentials? Nah, pretty similar. Okay, so my yeah, next right. two were activists and I can't say it. You, you couldn't aesthetic. remember it, Chris, and I can't say it. Aesthetic. aesthetic. Aesthetic, yeah. So they're my three. And so I guess... Um, that was not too surprising for me. Um, so I guess the breakdown of mine is like, I like being in nature. I like 
being outside, I experience, I can see God and his hand over creation. And mm. I also, and it bugs me when, when that creation gets uh, taken for granted. And, and so I guess that's part of my activism. That's I, guess, the, I was going to say, that's the activist coming out in you. Yeah. It's, it's coming out of like, um, I think, you know, I feel a real burden to, to care for the earth and to care for what God's created. And also not just like the physical earth, but for other people and to, um, yeah, to really like help people um, also see that, that, that the world is a really good place and that we can actually benefit, we can help out and we can partner with God in mission and, and really like benefit this world. Um, and lastly, I think though, the particular activism, it's funny because like that can really burn you out because that, that's like almost the fire that keeps you going or it's the, it's the, you know, the big driving force. But then the idea of science and solitude is a really beautiful thing that I connect with God by resting and just being alone and, and just considering and, and just journaling and writing and reading. And so it actually kind of works. Those three kind of work really well together because um, I can do that in nature and I can do that. Um, yeah. Like on my own, just in, like, I don't really connect with God in, you know, in a coffee shop, but I will on top of a mountain. And I think that's just a really good thing for me to realize. And I can have my certain spaces where I, where I know I can go and, and just feel God. I think you kind of touched on like with the activist as well. One of the challenges of the activist, and if we've got some activists listening, that, that people can, you know, activists can feel this burden to think like, oh, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And it's like, yes, it's, that's the way that God has wired you. Um, but also it's good for the activist to realize that God will accomplish what he's trying to accomplish with or without you. Like it's not, mm-hmm. God didn't be like, oh, I've created person, you know, person T or Tommy or Billy or, you know, whoever it is. And they are going to be the person that confronts this one issue in the world. Mm. Um, and so I think that's, that's always a good opportunity. Like the activism is help, supposed to help you connect with God, uh, not supposed to like make you think that you're the only person who God's yeah. put on earth to solve it. So that's a good, I like the way that you kind of balance that aesthetic with the activist there. Yeah, it's good. Also, I, I mean, I did this test like probably five years ago, or this little kind of questionnaire. Mm. And it was really funny because like, I like the language of this one that we use because um, I went through that when I went through it last time, like I didn't come out as a naturalist because I think one of the questions was like, do you enjoy going on long walks on the beach with God and holding Jesus's hand? And I was like, no, I hate that. That sounds awful. And so I was just like, what even is that? By the idea of like connecting with God in nature and holding his hand while like singing love songs on the beach. Um, Mm, But this one put it in like, really good language of like yeah i actually just resonate with that like i I like the freedom of the outdoors and it's Mm. quite a spiritual experience not just a a nice kind of chance to get away so hopefully um i don't know it's a bit helpful or a little bit of an insight as to what that that test has kind of revealed for me Mm. yeah look I, i had two um i had two that were like far and away more than the others and one of them was like one of them was way one of them was like huge the next one, there was a significant gap, but then there was an even more significant gap till three. So I only put two okay. down. So, can, so you, can I have a guess, Chris? Yes. Yeah. I, I want to say the intellectual one. Yeah. Yep. Is that, and then I, I think that's the big one. Is that the, that's the big one. Yeah. That's the big one. And the second could be the com- contemplative. Ooh. Interesting. It's not. Okay. I'm actually okay, a naturalist. Not. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. So my first, yeah, is um is is the intellectual. Um, and for people who know me well, like that's just I just I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. I love I just love learning uh, about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it was funny because as before the podcast, we were talking about some assignments you were doing, Locke, and you're like, oh, I don't really like that stuff. And I, I was in my head, I was like, I love that stuff. Like, that's my favorite, like just learning. <laughs> off all that. Um, when we're not recording, we're going to strike a nice deal where you do my assignments uh, in exchange for something. I don't know. Anyway, let's I'm do just it. kidding. If let's you're my lecturer it. and listening to this, oh, it's not something. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the naturalist, again, I, um, I, uh, I really, yeah, and just enjoy um, connecting with God outside. Often on our, um, on our sad days, uh, when it's not football, you'll find Emma and I somewhere near the water, you know, in the summertime, it's mostly by the beach. In winter, it'll be out Sandgate, Redcliffe somewhere, just hanging out by the beach, reading a book. Um, and I also, you know, part of the reason um, that I really enjoy actually the, ec- the type of exercise that I do is because I'm outside for most of it. So when I go on bike rides, I deliberately choose rides most of the time with a scenic route that's got like waterfront that I can kind of just ride along and um, check. I don't always get to run, but when I, um, I, I, I prefer it more when I can run out at like Sandgate or Redcliffe locally here on the water because it's just a really nice. And, um, and actually a lot of my runs um, I will actually use as a time of just silence and solitude. And so I'll kind of just because I'm just running by myself um and the other even actually the other morning i um i went out for for a bit of a long longer run and just ran along sandgate used as a time of silence then when i was done i got i have a little lectio divina app that i use for spiritual um practices and connecting with god and i just did that while watching the sunrise over the water and it was it was the best so there you go sounds awful i'm just kidding (laughs) no that is awesome i i also i have a question about um Mm. your kind of like academic or intellectual um you know preference to to connect with god so you know for me like i'm doing my undergrad degree and it's a real effort it's a real push for me to like turn up and to do the work because i just don't i don't enjoy it and i don't see the benefit in it but i know i need to do it kind of thing for you, are you like fighting the temptation to almost do more study and to kind of stay present with work and things like that? Um, is that what that does to you or is it, is it not related to that? No, not necessarily. I would say for me, it's, um, it's not related to that. For me, I find it often in the inverse. I will, um, I will justify almost just about anything as like I often have to kind of like rein myself in because I'm like oh I want to read this and 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 so I often like kind of have like way too many books on the go so that I don't get a whole bunch done so even for me despite the fact I love doing that I have to be really um disciplined about how I do that and kind of go you know what Chris this is the book you're reading because I've got like again on the um on the video on Zoom where we're recording this, I've got a bookshelf behind me full of books, and I will start one, and then I will get like distracted because I want to start <laughs> studying this and this and this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me it is like a. I feel really connected when I might start a book or start a research project or start discovering something, and then it'll there'll be a bit in the middle where I really have to focus to like push myself um, through that and kind of dig deeper into the the subject matter. Mm. No, that's cool. It's just uh, it's funny how even at, at a kind of activity like this can just 
get more insights into your personality. And I guess the whole, the whole series, like you've got style. It's just acknowledging that we're all created unique individuals with our own way of connecting with God, our own way of exercising, doing things. And I think it's a big, you could just go down so many rabbit holes with this one. Um, but I think no, it's, well, it's very I fascinating. What I hope this is highlighting for some people is that like the preference they have for connecting with God, the start is okay. Like, mm. cause I actually used to think for a, for a long time, uh, cause you know, I would, and I'd read a little bit of the Bible and I'd pray and then I'd always want to go get a commentary or I'd always want to go pick up a book that was about a particular subject or something about something that I'd read. And I always felt bad because I was like, oh, I should actually be reading the Bible. Like I really should be reading that more. And like, why am I reading this book more? And why do I want to read this book more? Um, as opposed to, you know, discovering through talking to people that, hey, actually, that's a way you connect with God. And it's a way that you actually help make sense and, and understand who Jesus is and the world that Jesus was around. So you should actually like lean into that as well. Mm. Um, and so that's just like a, one of the ways that's, that's kind of challenged me. And the other way is like, again, for a naturalist, um, I always thought like, well, I'm not really spending time with God when I'm running because you can't really do that, right? You can't like <laughs> double up on activities. You can only walk and hold hands with Jesus. You can't sprint. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so even for me, I was like, oh geez, like I don't know if I can do this. Like this is like, does this count? Like, does, can, like I don't know. Um, mm. Yet I wouldn't think that way again about any other relationship. Like if I went and had coffee with Am, or if we went and sat at Sandgate and hung out by the water, there wouldn't be a thing in my mind. But it's like, oh, does this actually count as hanging out? Like I don't know yeah. if this counts. Like, yeah, that's so good. That's a really good way to look at it. Um, I think we're running out of time, Chris, and we might wrap yeah. up. And we'll just yep. we'll finish with a quick word of encouragement because mm. I can guarantee there's some people on the other side of this conversation who are struggling to connect with God. We've we've kind of talked about that but potentially skeptical about connecting with God or even scared. And so I just wondered if we could finish with a word of encouragement to all those who kind of had, have just a mixed emotion about connecting with God. Yeah. Let me give three really quick thoughts. If you're struggling to connect with God, I would actually say that God is far more gracious with you than you often are with yourself. You know, I know a lot of Jesus followers I talk to get really, really down on themselves, get really, really hard on themselves Oh, God doesn't love me. God, this, God, this, I can't believe, you know, I haven't read my Bible. Da, da, da. Jesus, Jesus just wants to connect with you. And Jesus is far more gracious with you, I think, than you are um, with yourself. So just remember that, you know, the next time you're kind of struggling to connect. Um, if you're skeptical about connecting with God, I would just, I would just sort of say, what do you have to lose? Right. I, you know, you might try a diet without thinking twice. You might try a workout regime without thinking twice. You might try like a positive psychology thing without thinking twice. Um, just give it a crack. At the end of it, you can always just get to the end of it and go, you know what? That didn't really work. Or you might discover that it was actually one of the best things you did. So if you're skeptical about the whole thing, I, I would just say, give it a, give it a try. Um, and if you're scared, I would actually challenge you to do something else. I would actually challenge you to identify what is it that scares you about connecting with God? Just, just name it, name it. Hey, what's that thing that I feel is like um, really, really scary that I'm unsure of. And you know, it might be for you. You might be like, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know that, um, that God would want me to live a particular way, or maybe God would make me, would want me to forgive that person. And, and I don't know if, if I connect with God, God might ask me to uncover some stuff. 
So you just have to be honest then about that. It's just like, well, hang on, that's me. That's I'm afraid of like something I've got or some baggage I have. Um, but yeah, just figure out what is it that scares you. And then that'll be able to help you navigate that a little bit better. Yeah, so good. Great way to wrap up. Um, check it out. Check out the resources online on our website. Do the quiz. I really encourage you to do that and to take some really practical action. And again, not scary. And you don't need to commit to your, your style. You can try it out. Um, so the quiz might not give you a definitive result, but you might go and try out a few different things that align with different styles and just see how you go. So that's it. my biggest word of encouragement for you this week. But thank you so much, Chris. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thanks, man.